2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host. This is Leaf's morning take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill.
1: Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill.
2: 30 minutes of live, non-stop Leaf's talk starts now.
3: Great time for the Maple Leafs, presented by PointsBet Canada and Montana. It's the Thursday edition of Least Morning Take. Nick Alberga, clearly not in Toronto. I was supposed to be on the beach, but I'm in my hotel room here in Fort Lauderdale, getting set for All-Star Weekend. And of course, Jay Rose Hill in not-so-sunny near Calgary, Alberta.
0: It's the sunniest province, actually, Nick. <laughs> According to who? Statscan? Stats can, baby. I'm a little disappointed. I thought you were going to be on the beach. We were going to have all kinds of scenery behind you, and you're put up in a Howard Johnson.
3: It's not even Howard Johnson. We're not going to give where I'm staying any credit. Um, I don't do that for anything. It's it's not a slummy hotel by any stretch, but still, there's some pros and cons to this whole thing. But I'm delighted to be here, man. Don't mix, uh, you know yourself. I, I think you know there's there's a lot going on here. All Star Weekend, doing a bunch of podcasting work uh, later on, and uh, yeah, they're doing the fanfare from the beach. So as you can probably predict. The internet situation, a little wonky in that situation, you know, when you're doing stuff on the beach and uh, all the optics that go with it. But uh, nonetheless, the weather is fantastic and uh, looking forward to the weekend here. What's up with you?
0: That is nice. That is nice. Yeah, man. Last show of the week feels kind of funny. We're going to skip out on tomorrow's yeah. show because uh, lots else is going on. We'll pick it up on Monday. But yeah, just uh, watching that hockey game last night and uh, watched it on my phone because we went to Calgary to watch the Hitmen play the Pats and Ooh. Connor Bedard. So got to see that. How guy was play that? Live and- you
3: should have told me that. What was that like?
0: I forgot about that. Uh, Yeah, dude, they, he filled out the bar and I like kept having to remind myself I wasn't at a flames game cause they had 19,000 in there for this kid. And, um, he's talented, but my God is he lacks a daisical out there. He floats and floats and floats. I bet you he didn't break a sweat and I hope he doesn't do that in the big league. I imagine he'll have some more jam, but, uh, Biggest takeaway was disgustingly talented, shots ridiculous. He can put a little backhand sauce floater through the neutral zone all day long on a guy's tape. Um, But he does not hardly break stride out there, man. And it's a little bit tough to watch because I'm used to, you know, he's got a little jam. He, He shoved a couple guys and gotten some faces and gave a couple whacks. I do like that, but he hardly moved his feet out there. It's funny you say that because watching the World Junior and I don't claim
3: to know anything about Connor Bedard. I noticed that too. But then next thing you you look at the score sheet and he's got like seven points, man. He's just that type of player who knows where to be. And I'm sure a lot will change in his game and say even the next year leading into his NHL debut, you would think coming up in October, October. But that's one of the things I noticed. Not that he coasts, but he knows where to be at the right time. And I think that's what separates the greats from the elite players, right?
0: I mean yeah, there are elite players that absolutely work their bags off um to get into the right yeah. spots. He just stands back and watches and then just kind of floats into his his spot that he needs to be and he's absolutely disgusting at putting up points. It's just it's just a a comment. It's just what I notice he does not play the game at 100% speed. His skating, I don't even know if he's a good skater or not cuz he never went past 55-60%. And uh, it shows, but he gets it done and he likes to watch the game and assess and kind of like fall into the right spot and bury. And, you know, if <laughs> it's hard to argue with the points he puts up. I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying he's not a guy that's going to, you know, be soaked in sweat after going 110 through a wall for you trying to make things happen. He watches from the outside very, very much. Beauty is from the, uh, the eyes of the beholder and certainly Jay Rosehill now wants to be
3: a scout in the National League, scouting potentially the phenom of the NHL in uh, Connor Bedard right there. But thanks for the analysis and thanks for not even reminding me that you went to the game yesterday. That's pretty epic and I know they sold out that barn and looking forward to the draft where it, it's just going to be an arms race. The NHL doesn't tank, by the way. Nobody in the NHL tanks, but I can't wait to see where Conor Bedard goes coming up in June. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button right now, leave us a review. We're gaining steam here on our new YouTube channel as well, theleafsnation.com, where you can check out some of my work and some of my other colleagues' works. Uh, obviously, a lot happening over the All-Star break and a nine-day break here for the Maple Leafs. You see on your screen right there, at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube, at theleafsnation401 on YouTube. And it's important that you've been checking that out the last little while, because again, courtesy of our friends at Montana, is we are giving away a $25 gift card in about uh, 10 minutes or so from now, so stay tuned for that. Thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns? Drop us a line in the chat down below here on YouTube. What are you doing for the nine-day break? You're going to check out the All-Star Game this weekend, the skills competition tomorrow night. Anything you want to talk about here in the YouTube chat down below. But for now, we're going to get over the boards. Okay, Rosie, you're going to have to take me through this. I'll be uh, quite admittedly um, honest with everybody. I was actually in transit during this game, and then I got to Florida. I tried to stream the fucking game, and it wouldn't let me stream the game because I have uh Canadian outlet in Sportsnet now, and I couldn't stream it in the U.S. It would, long story short, I turned on my TV, and the Carolina-Buffalo game was on, and that's what I was saddled with watching last night. But nonetheless, uh, from what I gather, Ilya Samsonov had a strong start, some fisticuffs in that game. And... Just looking at the box score, I didn't watch the game. I couldn't believe Boston scores five goals and Pasternak, Marshawn, and Bergeron combined for one point on the night. What would you see?
0: Yeah, that is pretty wild. I mean, the final score, it wasn't indicative of the entire game. I think the Leafs hung in there with them, and that's kind of all I can say is they were hanging in there. They were part of the game. The game didn't get get away from them, although they were trailing, and, and they were just doing just that. They were hanging in there with the Bruins, and, you know, final 10 minutes of, of the game, though it's a 3-2 hockey game, and the Bruins just just shone through. I mean, they were just the better team last night. You, you, you can't deny that. They had more going on, and they got more secondary scoring. They got their whole roster going, and, and like you said, their big boys didn't even <clears throat> step up and take control it It was uh some of the secondary scoring, and all of a sudden the last ten minutes they decided to uh you know show their strength and, and pot two goals in in one handily so at the end of the day they just got a little bit outplayed. I think Samsonov was solid at the beginning, maybe a couple he'd want back um some odd things going on with you know off sticks and some screens or whatever i I'm not knocking him by any stretch; it was just they just got outmatched last night.
3: Yeah, I won't lie. I was sweating it. I did take the over five and a half, but that cleared quite easily there in the third period, as we know, with the influx in offense. I call it the first true regulation loss on home ice for Elias Samsonov because of that sewer job that game we were at on Friday from Matt Murray. So Samsonov makes 24 saves. He wasn't the reason they lost from, you know, at a distance watching this game. So they're one and two now with Austin Matthews since he went down. Uh, Boston now leads the season series 2-1. I already said it was over the division, but now it's profoundly over. They're 13 points up, and they're just a really, really good team. Man, Linus Allmark's having an incredible year. Jim Montgomery's been excellent. I'm curious to see what the Bruins do between now and the trade deadline. And we've talked all week about, you know, do the Leafs need to be reactionary? But on paper, I actually think it's a pretty decent matchup for Toronto. Like, I think it comes down to goaltending. It comes down to the big boys in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They do, in fact, square off at some point in time.
0: Yeah, I think. So I mean last night you got to understand your, you know, like Keith said, this is a this is a team that's playing in the NHL who's 40 point 40 goals up on the next team. I mean, they're just they're just dominating the league right now and they they came into Toronto last night pissed off because they're on a three-game slide and they're a very good hockey team who has the ability to you know, scramble their game together and, and just pile up wins. So very uncharacteristic so far the season for them to be on a three game slide. And you would think they would be coming in guns blazing to finish the, uh, you know, the, the, the season up until the all-star game off with a bang and not go into it with a four game slide with everyone kind of scratching their heads going, what the hell's going on? So we knew we'd get their best last night. I think we did. Leafs hung in there at the end of the day, just wasn't enough against a fantastic team. And, they have run away with this division, man. It is such a goddamn hard division for these Leafs to be in. Last year facing the two-time Stanley Cup champions, a team that's capable of getting back to the finals at the end of the day. Then they're going to run into most likely if they get through to the second round, this Boston Bruins. It's on an absolute historic heater. I mean, and they're sitting like 3rd in the NHL all year long like it's just yeah. I hate to bitch as a as a Leafs guy that's known to to bitch. Leafs fans always get heat for that, but Name name a name a harder position. It feels like the Jays in that uh, in that old Yankees Bow Sox division where it's just like it doesn't matter what we put together. This is what we're competing against. It's it's so difficult because they're better than almost every team in the NHL. But maybe a handful or two or three four teams and they're gonna have to face those teams in in the first second third round of playoffs. It's just it's a difficult division. But at the end of the day, you got to beat the best to to be the best.
3: Yeah, and and that's right. I mean, it's the unfortunate part of being in that division that even this year when they're having an unbelievable year, they're not going to win first in the division. Not that I think it really matters. Again, I've I've said plenty of times on this show, I could not care less who they play in the first round because I think they've proven in the last decade they're capable of losing to any team, whether it's Columbus, Montreal, Tampa. So give me the best. And to me, that is the Tampa Bay Lightning. What's your take on Michael Bunting and his reputation? I'm sure you saw it last night. Blood streaming from his nose. It was a clear missed call by the officials. It's going to happen. We've talked about, you know, humanizing the situation throughout the season. But do you think at times the reputation gets the best of the officials? And you look at Michael Bunting, he's a bit of a shift disturber. He's a bit of a pest out there, he plays his game to a tee. I think he's perfect for this team. But what you make of the bitching and the tantrum of it?
0: Yeah, he's definitely losing his mind. And I don't mind a guy pay- playing with passion. You know, there was some Darcy yeah. Tucker comparisons, which I laughed sure. at here recently. But, you know, him just screaming and kicking the boards and eyes wide, losing your mind. I love that shit. I love the intensity. I love the passion. passion. Um, I don't want it to take away from your game or anything. But, I mean, Keith called it at the beginning of the year, even he's going, this guy's this guy's like a, a guy in the league now that is known. And he's known for, you know, his play up on the top lines and standing out and then the way he... He beaks off and the way he chirps. I guess he's a guy that's just nonstop talking in the locker room, nonstop talking on the ice, chirping and and that funnels over to the referees as well. Um, if I were him, I would kind of buddy up with the referee, kind of skate around at uh, TV timeout and know their names personally and hey, how you doing, Johnny? How's everybody? You guys grinding or what? And just just to get that rapport going so that so that they know that that kind of heat isn't directed towards them because you're not going to get the benefit of the calls when when you when you're always running your mouth and whatnot and yeah they missed a call the other day last night i think it was more of a his visor cut his nose than anything and i'm not a yeah. big fan of four minutes because you draw blood i don't like that anyway and yeah they missed a call but the refs are missing calls left right and center and I think the big problem is you don't know what a call is and and what it is isn't. and yeah they drew blood but it wasn't a very vicious big high stick that was clean and open and obvious so yeah. whatever I, I don't mind him playing with that kind of passion but he's got to know that uh, you know he's gonna have a little bit of a target on his back and he's, he's not always going to get the benefit of the doubt
2: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
3: we all bleed a bit differently i think you said that a couple months back and actually it's it's actually something i do agree with you on that front i think sometimes guys are just trying to bleed to get that extra two minutes which i think is ridiculous in this day and age Meantime, uh, the following segment is, there, is for our friends over at HockeyFights.com. Uh, I want you to break this down. Down, Excuse me, I'm losing my voice. Break this down considering uh, you played in the National League. You scrapped in the National League. Wayne Simmons against AJ Greer.
0: Oh, boy. Greerzy was just not ready. You see him go for the handle, and then he kind of backs Whoa. off, and Wayne just goes to attack mode, man. And I mean, you're not... You can't you can't string Wayne Simmons out. One of the things he's got is those really long arms and a big reach. So you need to get inside of that guy. Watch, he goes, oh boy. Now he tries to s- string him out. Sorry, bud. W- Wayne's arms are four inches longer than yours. You try to you try to turn your head and put your arm in front of him. He's just gonna reach around and tag you. Tag him with the right. Then I love going to lefts here. Like, what are you going to do? That guy is on all defense, and he Waino just put him into concussion protocol. It was an absolute mopping <laughs> of that guy, and look at him. He tags him with that first one, then switches. The guy doesn't even know what to possibly do. He has no defense, and that just shows Waino's toughness, man. I love seeing him get in there, try to spark the boys up, and uh, can't ask too much more when you when you drop the gloves than what you're looking at right there. So apparently that stemmed from the previous meeting two
3: weeks ago and there was a bit of a brouhaha if you remember I think after the second period and Simmons, uh, obviously tougher guys in the league, remember everything, He, he took notice of the number and the best thing about this is Greer scored a goal like a couple minutes before that.
0: I know, kind of funny that that was the timing of it. I don't think that had anything to do with it, but uh, just yeah. happened to uh, get Wayno out there to try to spark the boys. That's the best time where I'd like to scrap is, is when, uh, you know, you're on home ice, you get scored against, and all the fans are sitting down slouching, and, you know, good time to get them on their feet and snap that momentum, you know, shift away from the opposing team with, with a good scrap, and I imagine that Barn was uh, pretty excited about that dusting right there, and, you know, and then you just got to leave it up to the hands of the boys to try to respond after that.
3: Was there anybody you scrapped in your day in the show that was like notorious for only taking a fight when it benefited them?
0: Who <sighs> No one that I could name, call, and pick out right now. Um more, more guys that stand out are guys that are willing to do it and as long as you reciprocate. And you know, it's one of those ones where you know if if your team just scored a goal and you're going to honor this guy, Sean Thornton comes to mind as a guy that would honor me anytime and, and vice versa. And there was that mutual respect. And, and I knew that if, you know, if we just got piled on and, and got scored on and I, you know, my numbers called to go have, you know, a, a bump up shift, I'd ask them and and yeah. vice versa, if we just scored and then I go out there, it's like, don't give this momentum back, Rosie. So, But you want to honor the guy because he did it to you two weeks ago. So you shed him with him and you better be ready to rock and roll and not lose that fight because you don't want the deflation to be on the bench after, you know, they put you out there after you just gain momentum with a goal. So it goes back and forth. But at the end of the day, if you can handle yourself and you've, you know, you're established, you can decide when you're ready to go and and how you handle those things. And I just, guys that stand out to me are the guys that honor you when, when maybe they don't want to.
3: Yeah, I like Thornton's game quite a bit. He was a tough hombre, and from time to time he could chip in offensively. That was my type of scrapper back in the day, a guy that you know could just be a bit of a weapon, add some depth in the bottom six, and, and drop the mitts whenever you please. And I think, he, as you can attest to, he, he chucked them back in the day specifically for the Boston Bruins. Meantime, Montanis is bringing back the viewing party with Daily Deals in 2023. I mentioned off the top the first giveaway happening today. We've been teeing it up all week courtesy the post uh, via Montana's on social. So here's her winner. Drum roll, please. Right here for $25 at Montana. There's so a shitty-ass drum roll by yours truly. We have Papa. at Papa Phillips. Papa Phillips on Twitter. I hope that's his name or her name. Papa Phillips. Uh, somebody will be in touch with you if you're watching right now to give you a $25 gift card to Montana's. What's the one thing you would buy? To me, it would be the ribs right away, Rosie.
0: Yeah. All you can eat ribs would be easy. I like their little drink specials going on Mm -hmm. $5 tacos. You can get a whole muck plate full of those. Whatever, man, you're not going to miss. I just think take that card out tomorrow night with your little lady friend Mm -hmm. and start the weekend off with a nice, nice night at Montana's and then hit the town and tear up the dance floor.
3: Yeah, rip it up like Nick Alberga's going to this weekend in Fort Lauderdale and Sunrise. You see the daily drink deals right there. And I uh, should mention as well, just the beginning of our partnership pretty much with Montana. So better and stronger and even more inclusive giveaways coming your way over the next little while If your friends are Mo- Montana. So congratulations to Papa for a $25 gift card. Dine in Montana's. Enjoy the comfort menu in a Molson and enter for your chance to win a trip for two to the NHL Awards in Nashville, which should be outstanding, by the way. We're a Molson-branded NHL fridge. Okay, looking forward to this segment on the show. Brad Marchand, uh, not a surprise, but he is one of my favorite players in the NHL, even if he's a member of the Boston Brew and just love his game. You know I play fantasy hockey quite a bit. He's always on my roster, and he had this to say before the game yesterday.
2: I guess Bunting's always talking.
4: I, I really haven't had a whole lot of chatter with uh, with Bunting. Um there's not really many guys that like to get into it. Mitch is out there talking about video games and his dog, and <laughs> those terrible new skates that he's got out. But uh, yeah, other than that, um not a whole lot of guys that like to get into it. Do you know Do you know Mitch well? No, not really. I've talked to him a little bit here and there and on the ice. I respect his game. I think he's an incredible player. And, uh, that's usually what I tell him. Just that he's my favorite player. And, um, you know, but I, I do. I think he's, he's really, really good. And, um, you know, we're not playing him. I enjoy watching him, and, and the things that he does is really impressive. Um, you know, especially like he's he's not a big guy either, and, and he's not intimidated. Uh, you know, he, he goes the front of that. he goes in the corners, and uh, so I actually really respect his team. So I don't get into it with very right often.
3: All right, there you have it. Brad Marchand, who, again, is just uh, as colorful, uh, personality-driven as they come. Uh, You know, for a league that wants this type of player more often, right, very similar to the NBA or the NFL, we get it. And then it was a big-time buzz and story leading up to my flight yesterday. I don't know why. I love it. I think it's great for the game. And, And on top of that, I would be more insulted maybe that's a too strong of a word but I would think differently if it wasn't a guy of the oak of Brad Marchand who's proved it time and time on the ice right
0: I mean I I just love it I like the guy I like to hate him when you're playing against him um yeah. everyone's gonna go towards the licking thing which yeah fine that's too far that's one thing out of many but yeah. that guy's game on the ice he's come on and and started as kind of that agitator he is willing yeah. to get his nose in there. The the dirty plays, he's willing to shed his gloves with guys out of his weight class. Um, he runs around, he brings energy out the ass and then he's just elevated his game to become like a premier goal scoring point, getting playmaking clutch, clutch player in the NHL, yeah. which just says so much. I just think he's such an asset to that, that Boston Bruins team. I love it when guys do that. I mean, these guys are so, so privy. I mean, so privy to social media and to to be in on camera and posting stuff and, and the girls they wheel or whatever is on an app. It's not face to face. They're so used to doing the media stuff that why not go back and forth at each other? Like I want to see you guys chirp the guy in the other room and then have him respond and beacon back and forth, but they all got to put on their, their hockey player and now that i'm in the media obviously i want to see a lot more than that and it's pretty pretty easy to get into the old ho-hum interview when you're getting interviewed when you're a player and you're just kind of given the standard responses and it's just boring yeah. as hell like it, it's pointless to even listen to Connor mcdavid's interview it's just pointless he's not going to say anything good he's not going to say anything interesting he's going to give you the yeah the, the poking answers and it's boring and i Dog love to see it. that kind of yeah. stuff and Marshawn was on fire the last couple of days on Twitter. He's lighting everybody up. It's hilarious. I love to see it. Part of me is uh, probably because it's in the media, but you want a guy like that on your team, and why not show some color and show some personality? in these guys, we talk about the all-star game and putting on a goofy hat and sunglasses for a shootout. Oh, man, we're yeah. going the game. How much fun is this? Get out of here. I just want to see the guys' personalities and, and see them go back and forth and, and cause some laughs and cause some bullshit out there that, that's, that's interesting for fans to follow. As
3: soon as he as soon as he took a shot at Mitch Marner's All Star skates, I knew you were gonna love it. Like right, right, <laughs> right there, you fell in love with Brad Marchand again.
0: Probably those white skates are bad. Sorry to say, they're ugly. I'll give it a. I'll break them down because I'll see them this
3: weekend in the Skills tomorrow and the All Star game coming up from Sunrise. There they are on the screen, courtesy David Alter on Twitter. I don't mind them. I love personality and color in this game, but I also love Brad Marchand. It made me think, though, Rosie. Who was the best chirper you ever played with or against?
0: Um, a lot of guys running their mouth. Steve Ott would run his mm-hmm. mouth hard, man. Like he wouldn't even stop to give you a word edge-wise. Obviously, Sean <laughs> Avery, pretty famous. He had a couple of yeah. he had a couple of choice words for Dion Phaneuf there when we were playing in New York a while back. That uh, honestly what we had about. Oh, yeah. It it had our bench, like everyone had the old towel over the head, trying not to see that we're just dying (laughs) laughing. But uh, those guys, when they beak their mouth, I love it, man. It's fun. And I think Marshawn's one of the best at it, man. He never seems to be out of uh, quick hits to to lay to somebody who wants to even try him. I think that's why guys just leave him alone out there because they're not going to win. Yeah, that's
3: the worst part about playing sports even at an unprofessional level like Beer League. When one of your guys gets chirped and the guy really rips him and gets him good, man, it's tough not to laugh. But you feel like
0: a fucking idiot if you do it, eh? and the guy sees it oh yeah and then the guy just <laughs> scrambles for a comeback and it's terrible and everyone's just like oh that's rough
3: i love that dude show. it reminds me of that clip in uh, mighty ducks kenny woo they're trying to teach him the bash brothers are trying to teach him how to chirp and he's like yeah, yeah well wait wait you don't play very well you know it's like you you just have oh, no yeah. response sometimes you just shut it down it's coffin time you know
0: some guys have nothing, and it's better just to stop. But uh, when a guy gets some good, and it's on mic, I love the hot mics on YouTube. Like NHL mm-hmm. hot mics, there's some good stuff. I think uh, I don't think guys like to be mic'd up, and they're very conscious of where they, when they are, on what they say. You can just, yeah. just a direct line to someone in a truck recording this stuff, so you don't want to say it. But when when guys do it enough, like during those twenty four seven series and stuff like that, it's wicked to hear the stuff out there. It's my favorite part.
3: Were you a good chirper? Like, you don't strike me as somebody who would have chirped very often. Probably just a couple words. Hey, we go in, we go in, let's do this, that's it. Or were you a chirper?
0: Yeah, not too hard. If a guy was overstepping his boundaries, I'd step in the bench and just lace him the whole way to his bench (laughs) and let him know you want to play like that. It's coming. You get get out there. You put on your big boy pants in that bench and you come on out because I'm going to meet up with you and we're going tonight. You've already crossed that fucking line and things like that but other than uh just other than the marchand style not really i was kind of more serious out there and you know trying to do your yeah. job but uh towards the end of my career maybe when you're getting a little bit uh, looser gooser and you know guys really well it's fun to kind of say shit to the bench that nobody can hear and whatnot yeah. it's, it's fun to mess around but i wasn't like really known for it the way marchand is going out there just streaming stuff out of his mouth So I'm sure you saw this uh,
3: last week, and uh, I'm not claiming Troy Stetcher and Trevor Zegers, somebody stepped over the line in that situation, but there was ridiculous accusations made in that scenario. Is there an unwritten line when it came to chirping when you played in the NHL, that like, if you had some serious dirt on somebody, and clearly you, you referenced Sean Avery, he did have serious dirt on somebody and chose to cross that line, but... Was there like an ethical thing that players just understood? Yeah, we want to rip each other's heads off and we're gonna chirp each other, but there's a line I'm not gonna cross.
0: Uh I mean it's just a personal thing. It's just like in life, like if you, yeah. if you're if you're having an argument with someone, h- how far do you take it? Like, do you go off? Yeah, you know, you go off the rails with something and go pull something out that's totally personal and what personal? It's like that there is a line. If you go to someone's you know family or background or something like that it's just like why does that have anything to do with it it's just clearly that you just want to just hurt the person and i'm not sure what happened with zegras there but that guy totally flipped out like totally flipped Mm -hmm. out and i don't think you flip out like that unless you go across the line with something personal i I understand there's something going on with the guys i can't remember his name but his father or something like that why you why you trip? chirp yeah anything to do with that is it's kind of beyond me. It's beyond the bounds of hockey. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never would do that. I don't really like it. But, I mean, yeah. if you want to fire someone up, I guess it's a tactic. But um, for the most part, you know, the things that you'd hear from guys that are, like, solidified in the NHL to a guy who's maybe a bubble guy or another lineup guy is, like, You know this is fantasy camp for you and go back to the minors and what is this make a wish foundation why are you here and (laughs) who are you and stuff (laughs) like that always funny to say for a for an established guy to to a guy that's not but um because it's usually the guys that are trying to stay in the league that are that are doing the extracurricular stuff you know so uh always funny to see that stuff and that's usually a go-to for a solidified player who doesn't want to really get into it as uh just make fun of his career
3: Yeah, my, my standard shit in beer league, and I don't really get animated very often. I'm very chill, just there to collect points, maybe a, you know, a multi-point evening, call it a day. I don't even care if we win or lose. Uh, but my standard go-to is like there's scouts watching you, so you better have a good game. You know, when that guy's really locked in, it's a fucking Sunday afternoon, and he's just being a hero out there. That's that's that time and place for that chirp. I know it's a bit old. I know it's a bit used. But nonetheless, we all have our go-tos in terms of cliches and chirps, whether it's beer, li- beer league, excuse me, or the NHL, but uh, we've waited long enough. It's time to put Rosie on the spot. The wrap-up is brought to you by our friends at Points by Canada.
0: That chirp chirp you're talking about I use in, like, minor hockey to parents when they're getting all intense and it's, like, U7 hockey, and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You know, the draft is not far away. (laughs) Scouts in their stands contracts in their pockets we got to get after this now just to make them feel like oh i'm an idiot yeah you are getting really intense about a seven-year-old hockey game but yeah yeah i hear you Point i hear
3: you and back. it's across the board go ahead buddy
0: there's nothing on the board man i mean i am wheeling through this <laughs> app going it's like sm liga football <laughs> i'm like oh no it's, it's, something that did stand out to me is the lakers are playing oh, the pacers Pacers are a little bit of an underdog. You're going to get them at plus 105. And I want LeBron James to fail in every way that he can possibly fail. I'm taking the Pacers at plus 105. And I don't like LeBron James as a human being at all. Like, just stop right now and listen. He has the chosen one tattooed across his back. He has gifted Gifted child tattooed across his chest. He refers to himself in the third person using King James moniker. He is just a disgusting human being as far as his ego is concerned. I want you just to stop and and just, just imagine Sidney Crosby has... The chosen one tattered across his back and gifted (laughs) child across his chest. I mean, it would just be the biggest laughable thing in the world. And I can't stand the only time I really watch basketball playoffs, Raptors, and then if LeBron's playing, hoping that he loses. So I'm taking the Pacers at 105. That being said, LeBron is a ridiculously good good basketball player i know he's on uh on a tear to try to break the all-time record so i think if you want to sprinkle it even though you may not like the guy it's uh the over 29.5 is uh is paying money too so i imagine he'll probably get in the 30 point range because he's on that tear so why not take that and uh, i just hope that they lose though i don't want any success for that guy i just don't like him as an athlete whatsoever (laughs) Your nickname
3: now going forward is the anti-goats. The guy's the fucking goat. You can call himself like Cristiano Ronaldo for all I care. He's the goat. You can do whatever That's you fun. want. It's a different threshold, man.
0: He's good at basketball. I'm not saying he's not good at basketball. Just bad at being yeah, a human. Well,
3: I don't know. I was with you last weekend. You kept referring, <laughs> you kept referring yourself as Jay Rosal and Tyler Rosal's <laughs> brother. <so>. The dozer. <laughs> I was a yeah, uh, third-person
0: dozer. dozer the whole time.
3: Yeah, exactly. The, Jay was just talking specifically and strictly in third person last weekend in the alumni blog, So I, I can't chirp either way. So there's your play. You like Indiana over the, over the Los Angeles Lakers because you hate LeBron James. That's your justification for that play.
0: Yeah, we're going to get one today, guys. Ride the coattails, jump on the wagon. Money to be made. You're pretty
3: much Joey. You are Joey Gallo on this podcast when it comes to betting. If you're not familiar with the name Joey Gallo, he loves to strike out, man. He loves to strike out, and that's you <laughs> betting wise. I don't think you've hit one this season. So I hit last night over five and a half. So start uh, started I agree, something you got to continue
0: it. That was an easy one. You get the layups, man. Yeah, I got a right. dig. I'm to dig one through game? the app to figure out some European football line for Christ's sake. You dumped that on my plate <laughs> last minute. There's always an excuse. Okay, let's wrap with the chat
3: here. Uh, Tim writes in, Rosie being nice. Didn't think the boys put in a full game effort. Sammy looked tired. The team defense was lazy to say the least. You can always count on uh, bitter honesty and truth from Tim York writing in via the YouTube chat. Derek writes in, I guess he's a big Oilers fan. Are you talking about Clem Costa? No. We're not talking about Clem Costin on a Maple Leafs podcast. I'm sorry. Great story for the Oilers. Good for them. And then Tim writes in as well, Dino Cicerelli was great at chirping. Laughed my ass off. So uh, a lot of great chirpers back in the day. He does stick out for me too.
0: Cicerelli was awesome. I always liked him in those 90s series, man. He was wicked. Those were the days for chirping. Anyways, it's been a lot
3: of uh, a lot of fun. Again, if you're just tuning in, we won't have a show for you tomorrow. So we'll be back on Monday energized and rejuvenated and ready. I know the Leafs don't play, I believe, till next Friday, but uh, we're going to toss at you a couple different segments to make way next week. Of course, we're going to go trade rumor and trade talk heavy, try to get some insiders on, try to extract some juice that way, see who the Leafs could be uh, targeting. And it's a good time for the Maple Leafs to make a trade if they're going to, knowing the MO of Kyle Dubas in his history as the GM of this team. He likes to act well before the trade deadline. So, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll, We'll bring in some new segments too, maybe like an Ask Rosie segment as well coming up. Maybe a, a mailbag, just general questions on the Leafs. We we have a lot coming your way this week or next week, I should say, on Leafs Morning Take. Rosie,
0: yeah, that'd be fun. Get some uh, get some people throwing things up there. Not. Uh... Not the typical "Who's the toughest guy you ever fought?" like that stuff. Ask about the Leafs and how they operate and behind the scenes, any of that stuff. Trainers, yeah. how does this work? How do they get the gear here and there? That that inside info that people don't really have access to is always fun to to talk about. I think some people are surprised at uh, certain aspects of you know life in that league and on that team. I think that would be fun and. Uh, um, you know, I think this this All-Star break is a good time for GMs to get together too and they got some time where yeah. they're not uh their day-to-day opens up a little bit and they can start working the phones a little bit. I think, you know, I'm starting to see after that game I'd like some secondary scoring and I'd like uh, you know, someone to fill that and roll on the back end to kind of put a big boy up there and what we have to give up to get that'll be interesting, but you know, last night when, you know, the big boys aren't firing for the Bruins, they get it done with secondary scoring and You know, we've had glimpses of that, but I think we need to beef it up a little bit, and I hope something happens here over this All-Star break. All
3: right, that's it. That's all. That's Shea Rosehill. I'm Nick Alberga signing out. Uh, Looking forward to the weekend here in Florida. Take care.
0: Have fun down there, man. Bye.